Justice by Hidden Justice, then you come to the right place. Alright, struggly, struggly as usual. But today, we're in a good mood. Why are we in a good mood? Well, we are recording our Thanksgiving <laughs> episode. Son of a bitch. <laughs> My dog has just discovered her bed again. Every day she discovers this bed for the first time. Right? And then she starts digging it, digging it, digging it. She needs a haircut. Bonnie does need a haircut. She really is in need of a haircut and um, a little sprucing. The real problem is that the the vets gave her this stupid ass haircut. Yes, like, yes. I'm gonna hair. go there with a um, what's the machine with for the haircut for men's the a machine. Razor? No. A what? The machine. The machine. Chanel the um, machine. The, I hear cutter. I don't know. <laughs> Clippers. No. Uh, the machine, the one. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now I'll be like, oh, look at this. Oh. There. Hold on. Hold on. Apparently, the whole town is on fire. You know, I think to myself that y'all won't hear it. And every time I edit these recordings, there, there is, you know, in the background. Stupid. There are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Police, fire, whoever. Elevator. Elevator doors. Neighbors. <laughs> the neighbors. Yeah, like, we have, honestly, some neighbors. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I have to give a tutorial on how to open and close the door. With a fucking... It's like a it's like a key card situation. So it's not even a physical key, but without fail, they struggle every week to open and close their door. I don't understand. The man is being kicked out of the house. Okay. And the woman or the man, it's locking the door from the inside. Oh, it's a fight. Trying to go. Oh, oh. And then the thing go try to watch too many telenovelas. I don't know. All of a sudden, people playing musical beds on this floor. Right? <laughs> Before. No, I'm serious. So what happened is, is that Listen, I do everybody's trying to make it. I understand. The pandemic we in the middle being, of a pandemic. Not being poor. I know. Look at so, us. so this is what happened. It's all the all the rent and there's iron iron being stush and bougie here, okay? I'm just going to say what I had to say. Prior to the pandemic, rent in my building was disgusting. I knew I couldn't continue to live here another year if they were going to raise the rent because it was already high. But then when the pandemic hit, they dropped the prices. Because so everybody moved everybody out of moved the city. Out of, everybody moved out of the city. So they dropped the prices and now they have accepted or welcomed new tenants. And those new tenants are on the younger Loud. side. I was going to say younger, right? And they're just out here just like fucking rabbits, okay? And I feel like they'd just be going from one room to the next room. I, I think I live in, in a dorm now. Really, honestly. Yes, so I think that's what's going on. Maybe that's what they're, they did. That's why the keys are going all the time. In this one room. In the, in the, over here. Over there. That over makes here, sense. Over there. Mm-hmm. That does make sense. And that's fine. But oh gosh, man. Do your shit at a reasonable hour. Maybe I just a tanti, you know? Maybe you're old. That's what I said. I just a tanti. Yeah. A old lady in Trinidad. That's what we call the old ladies a tanti. We have to make a, a Trini dictionary. Oh, yes. I have been meaning lime. to do that. Hey, you know, on fast. the website, fast. Tanti. No, not fast. 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 F A S S S S. Yeah, oh, fast. fast. You're too fast, meaning you're too nosy. You're too nosy. Mm-hmm. Okay. You like to mind people's business. Macoing. Yes, yes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, and oh, macoing! I like macoing because I macoed. Mm-hmm. 
I am going. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You could use it in different ways. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Just today at work, I was like, hey, I was macoing your conversation. And da, da, da. You know? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. yes it's multifunctional. Uh-huh. Lime. Mm-hmm. Yes, you said lime. I limed. Mm-hmm. I'm liming. Yeah, we liming. Mm-hmm. We will lime. Yes, we go lime. We go lime. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, what a fuss. Mm-hmm. Um, Bacchanal. What the fuck is that? I told you Bacchanal was drama. Bacchanal. Mm-hmm. When did you tell me that? Sometime when we were talking about somebody back and out. Anyway, I wanted to tell you about the website. The oh, polls are thriving. Ah. People, people are voting. Did you vote? Did you vote for pussy or prison, Susanna? Huh. On your own fucking website. The polls are thriving and Susanna didn't even vote. <laughs> but if you, if you care. I've been busy. I've been busy. Please go vote on the website. Who's winning? Pussy. The pussy. Yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what but kind of question host. is that? But your host. But do you the know? Pussy. Do you know the system is losing to Rachel okay. Nasty X? <laughs> the system really is a jackass though. The system keeps on failing. The yeah, and system. I think people have just accepted it. So they're just no. like, yeah, no, they accepted it. So when they get to the vote, they're like, you know what? To be honest, this system just gonna stay the system. Rachel X Man stink. That's basically that's the synopsis. That's what I think happening. That's what I think happening. So by now, you all would have listened to last week's episode. I don't really remember all of what we were going on about, but last week we were observing. A day to commemorate and recognize yes. the indigenous people in Canada. That's still going on now. Uh, one of those things that we want to make sure everybody understands is that when there are these national days, like a day like this where it's such a big deal, is not like National Donut Day. You don't just go buy a donut and then you forget about it and then next year it's like, oh, National Donut Day. No. Yeah. This is the kind of thing you have to keep in people's minds. So just to keep that train going, my case today is closely related to that topic. And when we get there, you know, we'll get into it and you'll see all of the details. But, you know, we just want to make sure that we keep it alive. We've also made the decision to go with Find Them Friday. So look out for the hashtag. I want to say, if you know about somebody Mm -hmm. that is missing or you want us to bring light to on for... Sure, all of those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Please let us know. Mm -hmm. We'll search a little bit with pose we make sure that they make the cut well you know so one of the things about doing a true crime podcast <laughs> is that everybody know a case that they find interesting right mm-hmm. so all of a sudden i gain messages from of course our biggest fan vanessa yes. <laughs> my mother I so, She's sending cases to me. Hey, Vanessa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she sends cases. And my friend, like, they just, if they don't send a case, they have, like, suggestions or they talk about it. My friends in the group chat, you know, they're Aww. all talking about it. I love, Sasha. hey, I love you all the friends in the group chat. <laughs> Thank you. So, Thank you. And all of my friends super supportive and they all come in with, oh, check this case out, check this case out. But very recently mm-hmm. in Trinidad, there's been a case that has caught their attention and it was actually something... Is it the, the Nicki Minaj? No, 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 it's uh. not... Ugh, you know, I did say <laughs> I was going to talk about... I will get to Nicki... I will get to Onika Mirage in a second. Okay. okay. Um, it's actually a case about a young girl named Maya Marcano. I know it's a case I want to do, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to do right now to respect the family, you know? It's very fresh, as in just this week kind of thing. I just don't think I should be coming out and, and doing a whole case about it. Let, let's have more Has facts. Has it been closed? It's or... It's been tentatively closed. Okay. But on to Onika. Now for the Nicki Minaj fans who listen 
listen to us this listen. may be the moment where you're like fuck them but oh my gosh uh, but- <laughs> <laughs> what is that <laughs> Because you said every time you try to say something about somebody mm-hmm. that has just, for lack of a better word, screwed up. Yeah. You, everybody goes like, you're fans. Like, you, I can be your fan and, and not agree. And not agree. And that's fine. That's not, that is no, fine. People don't understand that. They're like, I'm a fan, I'm a fan. All I'm trying to say is this, right? If you're her fan, just leave us alone. We don't care. <laughs> That's what we uh-huh. try. We don't. What if they're if they're her fan and they don't like what we have to say? It's fair. All I'm trying to say. Onika entitled to her opinion. You know, if you're not aware, if you were living under a rock, Onika decided to tell everybody that um, Trinidadians <laughs> don't have access to Instagram, and that her cousin friend wedding breakup because he get a vaccine and his balls swell. Right? This is just the gist of it. Right? And there is no corroboration to the balls swelling in any medical journals. There are no proof. There's no proof of how big the balls are. I have no proof about the balls. Right, so I had meant to talk about this a couple of weeks ago, and you know, I just completely forgot while it was still relevant. But here's the thing: like, she gone out and she said we don't have access to Instagram, and she talk shit about the people balls. And meanwhile, I talked to my mother and them on Instagram every day, at daily. So she said all this shit about this man balls. Everybody in Trinidad immediately deduced that the man probably step out and he girl get some kind of STD mm-hmm. and decided instead of telling her that my balls swell because I was fucking around, I get my balls swell from. The the vaccine. The girl apparently break off the wedding if this is a true story. But everybody's like, oh, Nicki Minaj so irresponsible because she has such a huge Onika. platform. Ah, and she's saying people. all of this. No, but she's she basically pushing anti-vaccine, right? Uh. We always say here on our lovely platform that we are not here to judge. But there's a caveat to this. You are allowed to be as stupid as you want to be. Mm. You don't want to get your vaccine, girl, mm. but stay inside. Yeah. You don't get your vaccine. You have the right to not, not get, get the vaccine. Yeah. That's your right. Don't get your fucking vaccine mm-hmm. if you don't want to get it. I don't think it's smart, but it's only your right to do that if you are going to respect the other people's right to stay healthy. So, you know, this is the hill she chose to die on, which is that she don't trust the vaccine and mm-hmm. she said what she said and she the, the whole situation blew up because she went and she dragged this this reporter into the media <sighs> by posting pictures of the girl and saying how she looked this way and she ugly this and she all kind of whatever. Yeah, I know, I mean. And so the girl was like, well, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. So she about to laugh all the way to the <laughs> yes. bank. Yes. Irregardless, as the Trinis say, the main point of this conversation is, once again, we're here to remind you, make your choices, we will judge you if your choices fuck with other people. That's probably how we need to say it. We're not here to judge you unless your fucking choices affect other people. You like to murder, we're judging you. You're a rapist, we're judging you hard. Look the other way, Mm -hmm. we're fucking judging you. We're judging you. you. If you can tell, Susanna and I are both vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the only point that we had in all of this is you're free to make your choices but make responsible choices and if your choices are going to affect me then you need to reconsider that choice it's just like drunk driving is it stupid so yes. stupid so stupid so irresponsible so crazy we do not endorse that that is dumb never do it never do it ever however people still choose to do it is it your right to choose to do it it yes. is your right to choose to do it but that don't mean you ain't gonna get arrested and the reason you get arrested is because you are endangering yourself and 
other people. Yeah. Which is just like what? The motherfucking vaccine. My goodness. <laughs> like, oh gosh, man. Let us go to the fucking cinema. I want to go to the mall. I want to go to the restaurant and not watch not the man behind yes. me like, eh. <laughs> you know? That's me. Why are you yeah. touching me? Yeah. Today on the bus, I got on the bus to go to work. And I'm sitting in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes. And of course, there's the other corner to sit. But he chooses to sit in the middle. Why? Why? Why are you doing there? Why are you so close to me? Why are you so close to me? I didn't like it. No. And I want to stop feeling like that. But honestly, (laughs) which are the things that you still want to keep from this? I actually don't think I can go back to not wearing a mask because I cuss people behind my mask all the time. I second that. And I always try to make friends left and right. Of course, yes, you And do. then I don't remember that I have my sunglasses. So I smile at people while yes. I'm on my sunglasses and the mask. So they can't see your face and at I all. And feel, I feel like this bastard. And I'm like, motherfucker. I smile at you and you yes. smile at me. Because now I squint. I don't smile. <laughs> I squint. Ten hours later, I said, Susanna. You Why are you like this? <laughs> this guy couldn't see you. This guy couldn't see you. But you mad. Yes. Yeah. I do like this space, like the personal space. <gasps> yes. I like it. I'm not going to lie. I do enjoy that. That two meters they're talking about is nice. <laughs> but what I would like is to go do social things again. Go to a restaurant and not... I wasn't that social from fear, before, but fear. it's the fear. But yes. Yes, I would like to take that out of the equation. Yes. That would be nice. It would be nice yeah. to just, you know, go do social things and not be like, oh my God, this man coughed here. I, what if I walk in into a plume of somebody's sneeze? Mm-hmm. You know, because people sneeze, the particles. Yes. You know, you're in the particles. <laughs> All all my scientific friends are probably like, this is embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Diffusion. Listen, clueless, it's on the net. The the point is, is that we want to go back to a life of no fear. Yes. So everybody was really upset with Nicki Minaj because of what she said. Let's set the record straight. Do you have Instagram? Yes. Yes, I have Instagram. Do we know the size of the balls? No. No, but I do have male friends. getting her ass too. Yes. I do have male friends who all got the vaccine and their balls are fine. Yeah, well, well, we need to see proof. I don't need to see their balls. (laughs) Their balls fine. I said they're friends. I don't want to see the balls. But the main thing is, you know, I feel like she does have a social responsibility. I agree with them, but I also agree, you know, she won't be stupid. She could be stupid. Your right not to be exposed to the vaccine. Okay, my right not to be exposed to the virus. If we can agree on that, then you stay there and we stay over here. Anyway, so you're off the, the topic Tonica's, of Onika. Uh, Tonica, Onika. Yeah, this is like, the, this is like the, the Onika effect, you know? Yeah. But we um have a real cute setup this week because we are recording for our next week episode, which is the week of Thanksgiving in Thanksgiving, Canada. Thanksgiving, yeah. Canadian mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Canadian Thanksgiving is... It's, it's wholesome. It's all about family. So it's nice. So we have our pumpkins out, some flowers out, some nice decor for the, for the season. Mm-hmm. For the season. For the season. Because we do like to celebrate the occasions here at Criminally Clueless. There's, there's always something. A reason to eat is a good thing to celebrate. I agree. Except my waistline would not agree with you. I'm not going to lie. Anyway, anyway, we've been talking. Oh my gosh, we've been talking for too long. I have a lot to cut out. I don't know what's going to stay in the podcast and not stay in the podcast. But let's get into our story for today. Do you know we didn't, we didn't say? say- <laughs> 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 I 
I realized that 15 minutes ago. You realized yeah, of course. we did say We did not say what the hell are we talking about this week? But you did say that you were going to talk about the indigenous. And then you always ask me. Uh, this week I'm talking about a story I've entitled Rent. And I will be talking about a case that I've named A Rose is a Rose. Before I start, actually. I want you to understand that I googled how to pronounce a lot of these words mm -hmm. because I am not indigenous and I am going to be trying my best. Please, if you if you are listening, if you are from the indigenous community, if I don't get the name exactly right, if I don't get it correct, please allow me. I am trying my best. Okay? I Have you heard us when we started the podcast? Yes. What do we say? Do you like accents? There you go. I know, I know. But Listen, I said we keep on telling them up front. <laughs> accents, no English, no English. I speak English. Well, no Spanish. <laughs> but it's just, you know, when you have a native tongue, sometimes just the words just not going to come out how you want it to Hello? come out, okay? Exactly. So just, you know, bear with me. If it's not perfect, I apologize. So Loretta Saunders was from a reasonable sized family, mm -hmm. being the fifth born child to parents Miriam Terriac and Clayton Saunders, a couple that also fostered children from their community of Happy Valley Goose Bay, Newfoundland, which I think is pronounced Newfoundland. Like fun. Like fun. I don't know. Okay. But it's spelled Newfoundland. Yeah. But so that's how I, I don't know. So I think I might be just be saying it Newfoundland. The Canadians, forgive me. Anyway, despite having a close family, Loretta faced some tough life choices as a teen because of an alleged sexual assault at her school. Now, I say alleged because I couldn't find any more information mm -hmm. anywhere about mm -hmm. that sexual assault. Yeah. Probably because she was a minor at the time. Mm hmm. So because of this incident, she didn't just leave school. She didn't leave the school she was at. She left the whole province and she moved to Montreal. But despite that big move to Montreal, thinking it was going to be a fresh start or whatever her mindset was mm -hmm. at that time. So she soon found out that Montreal wasn't easy and she struggled to find her way. In mm -hmm. fact, several articles mentioned that she was homeless Aww. and that she turned to drugs for a time. But she eventually got herself back on track mm -hmm. and she returned to Newfoundland a few years later so she could finish her studies, which I think is commendable because, yep. you know, it, it's hard for people to get out of that cycle of addiction. And if she really was homeless, I mean, we don't have any corroboration of this story yep. like in deep detail. To be honest, I wasn't really comfortable even talking about that because I felt like what relevance does that have to play to the story? But it does show that she is hardworking, you know, like she was able But to pull herself to, yes. out from a bad situation. So I decided to leave it. Her determination to finish her studies led to her being accepted mm -hmm. into St. Mary's University in Halifax, Nova Scotia, okay. which is where our story begins. Okay. In 2014, things were looking up for 26-year-old Loretta. She was almost done with her university studies and she was diligently working on her thesis, a topic close to her heart as her research focused on the hundreds of First Nations women and girls whose murders and disappearances were left unreported. For this thesis, she focused on the murders of three women in particular, Nora Bernard, Tanya Brooks, and Anna May Pictou Akash. 
So I made a note here about Nora Bernard because her case was really fascinating and we may end up doing it because it was truly fascinating. Okay. Nora Bernard's case was a particular interest to me because she was an elder of the Millbrook First Nation mm-hmm. and a residential school survivor. And, oh. you know, everybody know about that residential mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. After filing the largest class action lawsuit in Canadian history, mm-hmm. she was responsible for approximately 79,000 residential school survivors receiving compensation. And I think that's really cool. That's awesome. It is awesome, but she does get murdered. So, like I said, she was researching the murders of these three women who were left unresolved or, you know, had no completion. There was no closure to the cases. I'm not saying the other two women weren't of interest. I'm just saying I found this story very fascinating. Yeah. So, at this time, Loretta was trying to make it through school, balance her finances mm-hmm. like any other college student. Everybody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So since she didn't get a graduate funding she was hoping for for her project, Loretta decided she would rent out a room at her place to make extra money. Makes yeah. sense? You can yeah. make some extra money. So money that was needed more than ever because she discovered she was expecting a baby. She was approximately three months pregnant at this time with her boyfriend, Yalcine, who she had a stable relationship with for the last two years. Mm -hmm. So one article said that Loretta had actually moved in with the boyfriend, Yalcine, Uh um, while she rented out her own space. But I'm not sure how true that was. It kind of made it seem like she was living in... One article made it seem she was living in the space and she rented out her room. And then another article was like she wasn't even there and she rented out her space. So things were looking up for Loretta, like I said. Mm Mm-hmm. She had money coming in from the rent. Her thesis was underway. She was almost done. I think she was even in her last year of school. And she was expecting a baby. Yeah. All of that sounds great. So life had a way of working out, except in this case, it didn't. So it was February 17th, 2014, and Loretta's family reported her missing to the police. Since the 13th, the last person to see her was her boyfriend. And after that, the only time the boyfriend or the family heard from her was via text message. Yalcine received a weird text from Loretta saying that she locked herself out of her online banking account and she couldn't remember her mother's maiden name. Mm. Mm-hmm. So she's saying she can't remember the mother's maiden name to unlock it. And she's asking the boyfriend. And she's asking the boyfriend for the mother maiden name. Mm. The message apparently said, quote, I'm so stressed, I can't like even remember my own mother's maiden name. And that's when he knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, at this point, we both know that's not a good sign. No. And it's definitely not believable. Like, even if... And even if you're having a stroke, oh, let me text. Yeah, no, but even if you don't remember a password... It have like safety others. You could say you want the other safety question, you Mm -hmm. know. They normally don't just give you one safety question. She could always call into her own bank. This just don't seem believable to me. Like if you don't remember, I've forgotten my password before to something. I remember once I had, um, it was I think a CRA. They they, they (laughs) tax people. And I was trying to sign up to pay my taxes. Couldn't remember my password. (laughs) When I called, the lady was like, did you pick the question, what's your favorite chocolate? I said, yes. She said, everybody forgets. She said, you know why people forget? Because, because there are too many chocolates. No, she said. I blame the chocolate. No, uh. she said, it's whatever chocolate you like at that moment. 
fair. And she said most people are in a mood for different chocolate at a different <laughs> time. And she, she explained to me, she's like, if that question ever comes, I just don't bother to use it no. because you'll just pick whatever chocolate you had last mm-hmm. or whatever chocolate you're feeling for right now and not actually pick your favorite That's chocolate, fair. which I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> so the police immediately launched a search for Loretta. Mm-hmm. And on February 18th, which is just one day later, mm-hmm. they found her car. But it was almost 2,000 miles away in Harrow, Ontario. Oh, my. Yes. From Halifax. Halifax. So she's Ontario. Harrow, yes. That I know. <laughs> 2,000 miles away. Wow. Right. Okay. So who had the car? And if it wasn't Loretta, where was she? Those okay. are the questions. So the car was found in possession of... 28-year-old Victoria Henberry and 25-year-old Blake Leggett. I say Leggett, Leggett. Uh, we'll say Leggett. Okay. Guess who they were? They were the tenants that Loretta was renting to. It turns out that on the day she disappeared, Loretta told her boyfriend she was actually going to go collect overdue rent mm-hmm. in the amount of $430 from those same tenants. Okay. So the police were able to deduce that the couple also stole her bank cards yeah and they were arrested and they, they were for, locked out and yes exactly mm-hmm. but they were locked out so that's what they were trying that's to get in yeah mm-hmm. so they took the phone so they have her cell phone they have her bank cards and they stole her vehicle so at this point they also discovered that the couple had outstanding warrants for unrelated charges uh. apparently blake had a warrant for not appearing at a court date in calgary Alberta. So they're just all over the fucking nation <laughs> doing yeah. shit. And Victoria had a warrant for threatening somebody in Halifax. The so hell? for the people who are not familiar with Canada, That's we just went time. we just went straight That's across. So <laughs> and this is not training across Yeah, yeah, Venezuela yeah. We're across. talking like this the days. Yeah, they were talking like East West Coast kind mm-hmm. of situation, right? Or like mid is that Midwest? Is um is Alberta considered like Midwest? I don't know. It's just right next to BC, which we consider the West Coast. So what's yeah. Alberta? Is that a Midwest? West Coast. Is it still West Coast? Yeah, because the Met one will be... The ones in the middle. Yes, the ones in the middle. The Met <laughs> one are the ones in the middle. Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like I said, they're basically terrorizing the whole country. Right? <laughs> not These even two. the village. Yeah, not These the village. The whole country. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place doing shit. Mm-hmm. So at this point, they arrest them. You have her car, you have her phone, you have her bankers. We can't find her, and you both have warrants out. Mm -hmm. Where this girl? They're not talking. So these alleged tight-lipped suspects, so at this point, they're not accused of anything, having done anything to her Mm -hmm. in particular, but they are accused of all the other shit because they have stolen property because she ain't there to say, I gave these people my bank card, my car, whatnot. So they're making an assumption Mm -hmm. it was done illegally. And she's also missing. And she's also missing, mm-hmm. and they have warrants. So they have every right to be in jail. They're yes, not being held yes. for no reason. Yes. So the police and family continued to search while these two were locked up in jail, you know, because they're holding mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to look for and Loretta. They're, they're trying to find her. Mm-hmm. And then on February 26, 2014, they did find her. Her body was found Fuck. stuffed in a hockey bag along the Trans Canada Highway. Uh, now, once her body got found, Blake, he fall like a dollar store chair. He just immediately confessed. He wasn't able to hold up to the questioning. He was just like, yeah, yeah, we do it. Right? That was it. Now, the majority of what's known about what happened to Loretta that night 
actually came from Blake himself. But it didn't come the way you would think. Mm-hmm. You see, he didn't just confess, you know, like somebody say, give me a pen, give me a paper, I'm going to tell you everything. Yes. Or just blurt out, say everything off of his chest, mm-hmm. give it out. No. Blake decided he was going to use his time awaiting trial to write his memoir. He was allegedly, according to the cellmate, writing because he, Blake, planned to publish a book so he could make some money off of the death of Loretta. So the memoir, which really was just like a stack of notes, because he don't actually have like a book, they were intercepted by the jail guards because, you know, it's not allowed for you to be i think it's called fishing if you know about prison culture like i said sometimes i watch them prison documentaries whatever i think it's called fishing which is where you send each other notes yeah and it's like on a string and they like pass it underneath the doors and whatnot that's technically illegal like prison illegal Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to be doing that it's just kind of like tantamount to passing notes in class you're not Mm -hmm. supposed to be doing that so i think that's why they confiscated his his notes okay Maybe the cellmate was his proofreader or his editor. We don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they intercepted his notes and that's how we found out what happened to Loretta. So the notes revealed the truth. Uh, you ready? How I see. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You're talking about the audacity here. The audacity fucking tea. We've used this term before. The audacity fucking tea of you to do something to this girl no, and no, then no, try no, to no, make no. money. No, and then get away with like, I don't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I did it. That's all you need to know. Right. Now, I don't know what he actually confessed. I haven't seen the confession tapes or anything like that. But I'm just telling you, he straight up confessed. But the, the details the, the, the came details. out in the in the memoir. That's what I'm calling it, a memoir. <laughs> so the notes reveal the true horror that Loretta faced and the coldness of her killers. I just... The thing that I want everybody to hold on to is that Loretta was three months pregnant at the time yeah, that this happened. So in the letters, mm-hmm. after Blake goes off, he go off about the media coverage. He just amazed by the amount of media coverage. Of he says, quote, he wants you, to make money. He goes, Amy. quote, you'd almost think I was famous. That's a quote. Then he started to blame the girlfriend. He said that how she was the reason they had money troubles in the first place because she don't know of how to manage mm-hmm. her student loan. Yeah. Apparently, she just mm-hmm. blow through her student loan too fast. Right? So she's bloated the student loan too fast. So yeah. One website actually said that he said he's she's bloated it in a day, which is amazing. I don't know what she's buying. Um, actually, I don't even know how much money it is. So for all we know, it could be like $100. But, you know, the student loan money, she's bloated it in a day. And he said she's the reason they were struggling for money. She would apparently prioritize other things over the important stuff like bills and groceries. Uh, mm-hmm. And what was heating? And wait, wait. And it was causing them to fight regularly. But you know, love is love is love. You know? So he accepted her as she is, I guess. So he loved her so much that he went on to say in his notes, quote, never thought I'd kill for her. That's what he said. How, how did he kill I, somebody for you know, Victoria? Like, how, how easy it is for one of these motherfuckers to be like, oh, I'm here innocent. Poor me. Manipulated by this woman. It's like, you don't give Totona juice, and then you get blind. Totona juice? Please tell everybody what Totona juice is. Pussy. Pussy. 
pussy. And like, let me give you a pee. Uh, let me give you this tea, and then you're gonna do everything hey, I fucking want. Listen, in Trinidad, well, this is a thing. This woman has a candle. Minus what make a tea in Trinidad. This is a thing. I don't know if this is gonna. Yeah, with the cocoa. No, what? Aguita de coco. What's aguita de coco for you? All? Water, aguita. Oh, yeah. Coco, totona. Oh, really? Listen, <laughs> in Trinidad, that's what rice. <laughs> we, have, we have it too. <laughs> we have it too. In Trinidad, it's called sweat rice and it's basically sweat like... Sweat rice. Mm-hmm. So like what somebody would do so is like, they'll cook. It. Yeah, yeah, you steam the totona that's and get the, like, then you get like the juices in the rice and then you feed it to the man. And then, like, and then they become... Uh, mesmerized. Like, like the... Like, uh, like with the with the eyes yeah. and they go in a circle. <laughs> oh, give like me a house. I want your credit card. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, <laughs> basically. So yeah, so the, the Trini answer oh, to what you call what it? it? Uh, which one? The the, the something that the, the Aguita Coco. Aguita <laughs> Coco. The 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 Trini equivalent to that is sweat rice. Sweat rice. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> yes. we can give you a whole pussy. <laughs> oh Lord. Well, apparently he was so in love he murdered for this girl. This yes, is what he's, this yes, is what he's yes, claiming. Yes, yes. And the love wouldn't make him to work harder to get more money. Piece no, of garbage. No. Why would he? Why would he think too? Be diligent. Be accountable for the shit that you do, you piece of garbage. He does. Why the fuck? I understand it's not a good excuse. Mm. I am just telling you what the man say, mm. right? So on the night, yeah, I can I tell you about what happened to Loretta? <laughs> Which we don't, I know it's sad, but let me tell you. On the night of the murder, Loretta came by to collect her rent. Which she is due because she a landlord. Pay me my shit. Pay her her shit. So she tried previously. This is what I deduced from reading several articles. But they weren't there. So she said that if they didn't pay, they would have to leave. Yeah. I think she left them a message. So she tell them they have to move on. Yeah, pay me my money. If you don't pay me, just move on, mm-hmm. you know? They knew she was going to come by for the rent. So Blake and Victoria had a whole discussion before she even come in the door about killing her. Loretta's death ultimately came down to a deer. That's how I see it. That's not how it's worded, but that's how I see it. You tell me if you see it like this too. So in his notes, Blake said he asked Victoria, should I do it? And Victoria said, you don't have the balls. And this apparently made Blake angry. And he said, really? Okay. How dare she questioning the But boss. that's it. No, but that's that's it. That's it. That is all it came down to. That doesn't sound like a stupid dare to you. Like, oh, you wouldn't do it. Hey, I dare you to do it. That's not what it sounds like. That's, but that's crazy. The- <clears throat> it's crazy. So when Loretta came in, Blake went up behind her and tried to choke her. But I guess when that wasn't working, he asked Victoria to put a plastic bag over her head because she was obviously putting up a fight because the woman is pregnant. She come just to collect her end and you trying to kill her. Oh, he hit her head on the floor, actually, which knocked her out. And then he wrapped her head in plastic to make sure she was, quote, actually dead. He then casually put her body in a hockey bag and carried her into the elevator and out the apartment. No, nobody's the wiser. Nobody know what's going on. Even complaining in his notes. He even had the audacity to complain in notes. That she was too heavy? Dead weight is heavy. Mm-hmm. It was like a realization. It was like he had a, a, a revelation in the, in the notes, in the memoir. He's like, oh, dead weight is heavy. So he went on to say, I'm angry at myself for killing Loretta. And 
the fact that I'm going to be blaming Victoria for it so I don't do life in prison. I'm gonna circle back. He loved Victoria, but now both of them facing life in prison because they killed this girl. So he obviously have lawyers. Guess the lawyers have instructed him or encouraged him mm-hmm. that to blame he should her. blame her. Mm-hmm. So he is mad. This is what he's claiming. He is mad at himself. And he's putting that on the memoir. In the memoir. He mad at himself for killing Loretta. But he also mad that he has to blame Victoria. So he doesn't have to do time in jail. God forbid he has to take responsibility for what he did. Well, I mean, his lawyers are probably advising him to say this at this point. Uh, that, okay. that does not mean that Victoria is not responsible because she was out there handing him plastic bag for the girl head. Yes. And they discussed I, it and she egged him on by saying, you don't have the balls. So I'm not saying no. I think she's just as responsible. He was saying that he had to blame her so that he didn't do life in prison. But that is exactly what he got. I'm so glad. both Blake and Victoria were sentenced to life in prison. This part's going to make you mad. Because they pleaded guilty. But Victoria pleaded guilty to second degree murder and Blake first degree murder because he's the one who actually got his hands dirty. Mm -hmm. Victoria was given life, but she is eligible for parole in 10 years. And Blake was given life, but is eligible for parole in 25 years. That's too soon. Now, I made a note here saying, I think there's some kind of Canadian law or something. Because you remember when we did the Elizabeth Wettlaufer case? Mm -hmm. She was the other Canadian case we had. And Mm -hmm. she also got life for killing all them people. And she also got eligibility for parole in 25 years or something like that. So what the fuck? Was it her? Was it? I don't remember now either, but I think it's her. And I remember thinking, that's weird. Why would you give somebody parole in 25 years we talked about it I mean, but i'm not conflicted her. It, not hear, her. because you hear so many cases where they wrongly accuse mm-hmm. people and then these people get to go in parole or the chance for it on 25 years even though they're not guilty that's mm-hmm. what they have to do mm-hmm. now these suckers that they actually do it, you know? You don't think that, yeah, you're trying to say that people who are in there and they do all of this time and they're not eligible for parole and then sometimes the parole gets denied. Yes. And then you have these people and they're getting chance, the yes. chance to go back, yeah. Yes. Well, the court did erupt into chairs when they were sentenced to life in prison, although Loretta's father, he was angry about the sentence and he said, 10 years for a cold-blooded murderer, blood on their hands for my daughter and And she only got 10 years. And grandchild. Yes, well, they they didn't discuss that part. Loretta's family, they obviously suffered a lot with the passing of Loretta, but also in the handling of the case. So before reading victim's impact statement, Loretta's Mm -hmm. sister, Delilah, I put a star here because there's going to be more on the sister later. Okay? okay. And just note the, just, you know, I'm calling her Delilah at this point. Okay. Because that it was how she was known at this time of the story. Okay. I want to make sure I say that. She screamed at them, Delilah, in the courthouse. At the judge. At the, no, at the criminals, at, the, mm-hmm. at Blake and Victoria. You stole okay. my sister. Yes. And her mother said, quote, my heart constantly aches. Of course, Aww. the mother the girl died so um on that day actually over a dozen victim impact statements were read because obviously people were very impacted by this girl who died in such a tragic way but in terms of the handling of the case the family believes loretta's light skin led to swift action from the police in the beginning 
So if you actually look at a picture of Loretta, mm-hmm. she really does. If you asked me, if you did not tell me that she was from an indigenous group, that she was, I believe, Inuit. Inuk is what they called okay. her. I would not be able to tell. So they believe that her light skin is what led to swift action in the beginning. Now you remember she went missing. They reported on the 17th. Right By the away. 18th, they find the car. Mm-hmm. And 2,000 miles away, all mm-hmm. the way in Ontario, they find this car. Yep. But then after they found out she was an Inuk woman, they started to drag their feet. So her sister said that Loretta was initially identified as white by the investigators. So like when they put, you know, missing woman, they put Caucasian, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, that's how they identified the her. When they give the description. And according to her mother, she said, quote, when they said she was a white woman, I would call the investigators and they would answer me. I would talk personally to the investigators. Mm-hmm. And after they started calling her Inuk, I had to start swearing and everything to get answers. And then after that, I started talking to a go-between. So all of a sudden, they have a liaison mm-hmm. for her to talk to now mm-hmm. before. When it was a white woman was who was the missing, actual... she talking directly to the investigators. Yep. We're here to help you. Mm-hmm. And then the minute they found out she was an Inuk woman, mm-hmm. it was, oh, here, talk to this person. And then we'll take your message. We'll get back to you. Yep. That kind of thing, you know? Yep. So... The Halifax Police Department released a statement saying that it is standard practice for them to use a liaison in cases like this. However, that doesn't make sense given the fact that she was able to talk to the police and the investigators directly Mm -hmm. in the beginning. So if this was common practice, how come it wasn't common practice from the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. In February 2020, Victoria received approval, this fucker, Victoria the killer, received approval for a five-hour pass to attend an escorted session with the Healing of Seven Generations, which is a group that apparently assists indigenous people, and this is a quote, who are suffering the intergenerational impacts of the residential school system. So now I had to go and look it up as to whether or not Victoria Henbury, because I'm not familiar with the last names, was even an indigenous person. And it turns out she she identifies as American Cherokee on her mother's side. But the parole board said she was not raised in the culture and she had no knowledge of the mother history. Like she had no knowledge of the history. So, identify you like a motherfucker. Yeah, we identify you as a motherfucker, Victoria. That's true. So she wanted a whole 24 sessions in 12 months. So she wanted to be escorted out. She basically wanted to go to day camp. And I'm not calling this people's group and system day camp, but this is what she's asking for because she's trying to leave the prison. Mm-hmm. So she basically trying to go and sleep awake. So with that said, though, people were pissed off. They were like, uh, no, don't let her out to the jail. Why the fuck are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Right? But still, a few months later, they decided that they were going to give her eight escorted absences from prison. Now, to me, I want to interject here and say, I thought once you were in prison, you was in there. Yeah. What you doing outside? Mm-hmm. They gave her eight escorted absences from prison to go where I don't know. But the COVID curves put a stop to that. So she's still in prison. She never went nowhere. One proof to COVID so far. So Loretta, right? Loretta's sister went on to become a social activist. Mm-hmm. The sister. Yes. By September yes. 2014, a blog was started called mm-hmm. A Homicide Survivor's Journey Through Grief. And the platform seemed to pick up where Loretta left off by exploring issues of murder and ab- uh, murders and abduction in the indigenous community, mm-hmm. and specifically murders and abductions of indigenous women. The mission statement of the site read. 
To take a proactive approach to my own healing, I have since taken on the title of author, advocate, and activist to carry my sister's legacy forward and raise awareness, yes. which I think is lovely. Yes, yes. Loretta's sister went on to promote screenings of Highway of Tears, which is a documentary about murders and disappearance of women, which I'm going to go look for and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, about It's mostly indigenous women in the BC area. Okay. And it was released the same day that Blake and Victoria went on trial for murder. Mm-hmm. They also gave talks at the secondary schools and Loretta's family were the first to testify. Remember I told you about that murder and missing woman mm-hmm. indigenous group that that inquiry that they had yes so they were the first to testify at the national inquiry into murdered and missing women and girls and the sister participated and led protests several protests and received a global honor from amnesty international because she picked up where the sister left off delilah who i will now respectfully refer to as dm because they revealed they identified as non-binary okay. and became known as DM Saunders, died suddenly on September 7, 2021. Uh, what? DM was allegedly using alcohol again to deal with the pain of Suboxone withdrawals. So Suboxone is apparently a drug that you take to wean yourself off of opioids. So DM mother, which is also Loretta's mother, this mm-hmm. poor woman, said that DM developed Uh, the addiction after Loretta's death. Of course. And was trying to fight it for years. DM's mother went on to say that DM was burnt out. The toll of fighting and working for indigenous rights and being this visible representation and trying to, you know, encourage visibility of missing and murdered Mm -hmm. indigenous people just took its toll over time. It gets too much. It gets to be too much. So DM's death was investigated and was deemed not criminal in nature because of whatever the circumstances were. Mm -hmm. So we can only speculate, but I choose not to let DM have rest. Yes. And that is, that is the end of my story, which is, I know, incredibly depressing, but it was crazy, right? I, you don't know how you're going to react to loss. Mm -hmm. The loss of a loved one. On top of that, you get on to helping a community that's, that has been neglected. Yeah, neglected is a good word. And then you get you get on to start working because you're trying to keep busy. Mm-hmm. And it gets too much. Mm-hmm. Whilst you're dealing with, with... I don't... I cannot imagine how awful it would be to sit in court, to hear people that killed your sister give details... And they keep it so professional because they have to. I mean, that's the way it is. But they're talking about a your person. family. Yeah, person. And they have to disconnect themselves mm-hmm. in order to enforce the law. I just want to go on to say there is no shortage of information about this story. Like none, 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 none. And I actually had to, the, the amount of websites, mm-hmm. I probably will have about seven, eight, maybe even 10 sources because it's just all the different things I read and I still probably only scrape in the surface Mm -hmm. in terms of detail. I mean, we only have this short show. So, you know, if people feel like it should have had more, that more will be linked on our website as it always is and go give it a good read. Mm -hmm. There was even an article um, somebody posted about how, you know, 
it looking white still didn't benefit Loretta in the end. You know, it was just one of those, it was just one of those things. I think the person was, maybe it was coming from a position of anger. Yeah. I really wanted to include the story about the sister DM because I felt like DM, DM really tried to carry the torch for Loretta, you know? And I agree with you. It's so hard because, and I mean, we just put in ourselves in DM's mindset. <laughs> you have yeah? to. But you could only imagine you were already struggling. You had your struggles with addiction because that's part of what the website that they created mm-hmm. said that they gave up alcohol and mm. were prepared to fight the fight, you know, and yes. just pick up the torch. But the reality of that, picking up the torch, carrying the torch, you know, keeping the torch It's not easy. Going, it's not, it's, yes. not easy. And it's also not easy to let go. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't they stop? Why wouldn't they stop talking about it? Why wouldn't they stop? You know. Yeah. 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 Why wouldn't they help somebody else? Mm-hmm. Focus on something else because, you know. Because at that point, if you feel not only responsible because you are a representative, but also now you feel responsible for somebody's legacy, that's heavy. Like that person is gone and you feel like... This is might be the only thing I could do to keep people remembering them. Yeah. And so that's that's a heavy thing. So I mean I feel really bad for the you know, DM's mom, mm-hmm. DM and Loretta's mother. Of course. Obviously it can be easy to lose two children. Both. Mm-hmm. But I know that's a intense story, but it is a real story. So sad. It is sad. It is sad. And it's very sad. And I actually really hope these fuckers don't get no parole. You know, at the end of it, they're doing their time and, you know, courts will decide what justice is. But I feel like if they probably need more time. And the reason I'm saying that is because the rationale they used to make the decision was so frivolous. It was like she didn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, I dare you. You wouldn't do it. You don't have the balls. Like, that was it. That's all it came down to. No. And I find that to be so incredibly disrespectful to life, to Loretta's life, to her family, that Mm -hmm. if you are going to make the decision whether or not somebody gets to exist or not, which is so huge, Mm -hmm. based upon the fact that somebody egged you on, Mm -hmm. you are not mature or you are not considerate enough to exist in society. You're just not. Yeah. Because so why the fuck do they want to put you? them back into society what's then? What's going to stop you the next from doing again? From doing it again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what services they're receiving in prison. My friend Sheldon is going to say, oh, stop saying that shit because you know what he said? No, he said, he said, um, you remember when you did the psychopath case, which was, I think, just last week, mm-hmm. and you were asking me if I thought psychopaths were born or, or made, made. Mm-hmm. he sent me he said my first review of your podcast is gonna be what kind of miss universe answer is that <laughs> Whether or not. Like, basically he's trying to tell me you know stop being so diplomatic the, yes the reality of this thing is is that nobody the reality of the situation is we can have our strong opinions we agree no to parole we don't think that they no. deserve it but at the end of the day it's not our decision that's what I'm trying to say. The courts will decide. <laughs> All right, Susanna, let's get into your episode. Your, oh your story. Goodness. Wasn't that wild, though? <sighs> it was no, no, that's, yes. That's a, uh, So the title of my case today 
is actually a quote from her name is Anne Gleason. It's a quote from an interview that she did. I want to say 2019. And who is Anne? Anne Gleason. Is she a victim here? Anne Gleason is a victim. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have to say a disclaimer. Don't come for me. I thought you were all like, no, no, say what I no, mean. no, 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 no. And this is shut what... your American mouth. <laughs> Let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> that is you. <laughs> no, because every time you mention a race or a religion or a gender, there is always somebody that tries to say, well, she's talking about men because she's a woman and she's resentful. Or she's talking about black men or a black woman because a racist. racist. Mm. This short case is in regards to a Catholic system failing. You always hear the priests being the ones doing the wrong. Yes. Well, this case, it's not a priest. Mm-hmm. Or not the priest, the main focus. These gays are nuns. I did not see that coming. Do you remember when you said, when you see a woman, you feel that you are you you're more you trusting? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, nuns are not different. That's, um, that's very uh, upsetting. So upsetting, Chanel, because I'm fucking Catholic. <laughs> I'm, I study from kindergarten mm-hmm. all the way to the beginning of high school in a Catholic school. Yeah. So nuns and priests were around me and why not? So it's hard when you start seeing these things and you feel like, oh, really? Mm. So you don't, you don't see it coming from a woman, let alone a nun. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm going to talk about Patricia Cahill. Cahill? Cahill? How do you say this? I think that's Cahill. Cahill. Yeah, and I say Cahill. And Gleason. These two now ladies have in common that they were sexually abused by nuns. Sexually abused. Yes. By the nuns. By the nuns. Now, this is the twisted part of the case. Every time that you hear a person as a victim of sexual abuse, you think... Well, you will strip down your your mm-hmm. clothing, mm-hmm. you force yourself into abusing this person, and then that's it. That's not the only form of abuse. So you have this idea of mm-hmm. being forceful episode. Right, like it was forced upon you. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there is another type of abuse. The one where we talked about this is the statutory rape. Imagine this. Uh-huh. On the case of Patricia, Patricia, super Catholic family her uncle is a priest that's how catholic it is mm-hmm. so you're used to having i'm guessing that when you hang out you lie by the church i don't you do I church think, stuff i think catholic people you're, also lime away from the church you do but you do more church inclined yeah stuff. yeah yeah you're meaning you're, you're maybe you're even your social time is christian yes yes yeah, so you're, you're not into anything into, into like the bullshit exactly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Patricia, when she was five years old, was abused by her uncle. Mm-hmm. Freaking five. He's a priest. That's disgusting. That's her beginning. Mm-hmm. That's the foundation mm-hmm. for this woman. He managed to abuse her from the age of five to the age of eight. Hmm. At the age of 15, Patricia met Sister Eileen Shaw at a Catholic high school. Mm-hmm. Sister Eileen was 36 years old when they met. And she was how old? 15. Hmm. You see what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. This is very um, mm. Mary Kay Latino. Exactly. 
I'm gonna just, check. Like, give, uh-huh. Just, just uh-huh. give me a second. Just give mm-hmm. me a second. Mm-hmm. I need to. I need to say it. I need to say it. These fucking people. We had our first. I just. I had to interrupt Susanna's story because we need to talk about this shit. Exactly. The haters gonna hate. We real excited. I'm just gonna shake. First off, we real excited because we had our first bout with haters this week, right? No, when Susanna and I started the podcast, we told ourselves, let them hate us, come. We don't fucking care. We don't care. We still don't care. You we go don't ahead. care. It's just like, I want you to be yourself. No, no. I mean, like, we don't care if they hate us, whatever. You know, do, you, do, do your best just, or your worst, whatever. The point is, this week, the Mary Kay Latino case really get people all up in the feelings, right? And we started getting all these comments and da-da-da. One woman said, oh, this isn't the same how um one is a murderer and she had a relationship. Relationship is the term she used. With an underage student and it, it, you can't consider them the same thing. And, um, oh yeah, he was underage. So I guess, I guess, you know, it's bad. I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not saying that's exactly yeah, no. what she said. And so I was like, no, like she's already a that's the thing. A rapist. Yes. Then this other jackass. But that's the thing up. because you feel you feel well. These boys sat down there and he want to get some. But you are in a position where you're not capable mentally capable of making these decisions. That's what makes it a rape. And it makes it a rape because this woman is older than him and she was in a position of power yes and she knows what to say and what not to say to this kid to get him to think oh yes i wanted that yes so when we had the other hater come out who had the audacity to post a link to that song from like the 80s or whatever 90s hot for teacher oh every guy i know was that age oh would have been really happy to have that and i'm like no and this is the problem Mm. i just want to say a sentence please please can we start normalizing protecting young men yes please Mm -hmm. like i don't know um we do a shit job of protecting young women Mm -hmm. so you could imagine the kind of fuckery we're doing when it comes to protecting young men Mm -hmm. we're just dropping the fucking ball okay so because we can't be looking at them through a different lens because their childhood is just as valuable as a young girl's childhood Mm -hmm. their virginity is just as valuable as a young girl's virginity. so stop fucking doing it because that makes you just as stink as a fucking rapist and i said it Yes. So please go on with your story. But I just, I just remembered that I got triggered by the stupidity that popped off. But in that's the- exactly this whole case is about people that are under a position of power. And I want to say it's not you being an officer, CEO, a manager. The moment that you are way older than a child, you are in a position of power. Yeah, you're being looked up to. You are being looked up to. Yeah. <laughs> Patricia. Patricia. But there is one source that said that Sister Eileen invited Patricia to the convent. Was she interested Remember, in this is a- number. This is normal for her family to come over and you know lime. Super Catholic. Yes. But is was she interested in joining? The no, 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 no. Okay. No. So Patricia came over to the convent. She said that she recalls Sister Eileen giving her a tea, but this tea felt funny. Mm. Hmm. That was the first time Sister Eileen drugged. Sister Eileen is fucking Bill Cosby. Patricia. 
Yes. The, and that was the first time they had their first sexual encounter. Yes. Does she remember? She was conscious, but she knew something was not right. So Sister Arlene, from that time on, she started providing Patricia with alcohol and drugs. She will take Patricia from the school mm-hmm. to a hotel. Mm-hmm. So they have their relationship and then bring her back before... Like the end of school. Mm-hmm. Remember, Patricia also has been abused mm-hmm. by her uncle, uncle, right? Right, right, right. So Eileen started say, saying words as, I love you, mm. I will protect you, mm. I will do this for you. Also, do you know the nuns have a necklace? She had a necklace with her, for lack of a better word, promise of being pure and the nun, right? to God uh-huh, and why uh-huh. not, right? This piece of shit would take off the necklace, what? put it on Patricia when they're having sex and what? they would say and it would say it was a quote, seal of silence, unquote. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When they were, then it, it became a relationship. It became a thing that I'm loving you. I will protect you. They will do everything together. Susanna, you know, anytime you come to me with your stories, I have to wonder if you accidentally watched a movie and then you came here. No. Unbelievable. No, I have my sources, channel. Unbelievable. Yeah. So this nun, a nun. Yeah was plying the girl with drugs and alcohol so she could continue a sexual relationship with her and then would put her in this sort of cone of silence by putting this chain on her so she didn't feel like she was allowed to say anything about whatever happened while she had on that chain. And she makes her believe that this was consensual. Unbelievable. When Patricia said that she had a relationship because in her mind, remember, in her mind, this is normal. This is her relationship. This is, yeah, this is how she, a normal relationship is. The, yes. Mm. That's her relationship. In 1994, mm-hmm. because this came out, Patricia settled her case with the Sister of Charity of St. Elizabeth. That They never went to court. Okay, because I was not about to be like, so who did she tell? How did it come out? They never went to court. I mean, she must have said something okay. to somebody. How did it come out? I don't know. I didn't find out. But the point is that they did find out uh-huh. that Sister Eileen and Patricia were having a relationship. Mm-hmm. Or Patricia was being abused. Let's mm-hmm. call the thing what it actually was. Mm-hmm. And instead of going into court, mm-hmm. these people went and said, let's settle. Okay. 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 Do you know how much they gave her? That's not enough. That's not fucking enough. That's not even close to enough. That's not even close to enough. Now, this woman now is dealing with alcoholism and drug addiction. Mm. The the Sister of Charity of St. Elizabeth sent Patricia an Mm. apology letter. Oh, wow. And they said, we made sure that Sister... Eileen was removed from her position of principal of that school. How horrible. Ogit, how many children did she do this to? Mm-hmm. These are the people that are coming forward right now. This is so upsetting. When 
this type of statutory rape happen, you don't realize that is happening. And normally these people in the position of power, they know how to work you up. They know how to present themselves and make you feel as though as you have a, a relationship. And psychologists say that you don't realize you were under the statutory rape until you're close to your 50. And why am I bringing this? Because This happens when you're a teenager, when mm -hmm. you're a kid. Mm -hmm. And then in your mind, you had a relationship that mm -hmm. you wanted. All this time, you're being tricked to want this. It's called grooming. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the word. Mm -hmm. And then you start growing and maturing and seeing things the way they are. And then you said, fuck, this did happen to me. Mm -hmm. Right? Why am I making a point of saying this? Because these statutes of limitation for a statutory rape ends in 20 years, in 15 or 20 years in the U.S. Okay, okay. Patricia's lawyer, they cannot change how she was affected mm -hmm. by Sister Eileen's doing. But they can drag her to jail, though. They can't, Chanel, because she's now 60. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh-huh. So what they're trying to do now is bring light to the fact that you're being groomed and you don't think you fall into this category. And then you are ready to talk mm -hmm. about it mm -hmm. when you are ready to say, when you realize, oh, fuck, this happened to me. It's 30, 25 so years after. And it has passed. Mm -hmm. Patricia actually trying to better herself. She was struggling with alcohol and drug mm -hmm. abuse, right? So in one of her meetings, the people keep on saying, Girl, that wasn't a relationship. That wasn't love. And she kept defending Sister Eileen. She kept defending her. She kept saying, no, we did have a relationship. Like, now I'm, I'm an openly lesbian woman because, mm. you know, I had this experience with this woman that loved me and protect me and all these things. Mm -hmm. And they said, no, think about this. Think about all the things that she did to you, especially the first time. Yeah. The, um, the uncle, right? Mm -hmm. Well, brace yourself. Shana. Oh, gosh. Again, 2019. Mm -hmm. I want you to say these words. What is it? Di what oh, is the it? diocese. Okay, I'll say it. Mm -hmm. In 2019, the Diocese of Camden released a list of priests credibly <laughs> accused of sexually abusing minors. Patricia's oh. uncle was not a part of that list. Okay, why do I say credibly? Because in the eyes of the Vatican, if enough victims don't come through, mm -hmm. which is the case for, for priests, nuns, and everybody under their religion... Mm. You are not credibly an abuser. Hold on. So you can go on rape and rape and rape and disturb the life of thousands of thousands of people. And only one person, which is the case of the uncle, mm -hmm. come through. You are to consider this person crazy. Like you are, you're just making up this So hold on. Until you hear enough about... Susanna, are so you pissed. telling me yes. that they have a rape quota? Yes. The fuck you say? And no, and they also seal their files. Oh, yes. That part I knew. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. No. 
bitch. No. <laughs> no. Fuck. On top of that, they're most likely to be moved to another city where mm. they start over again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because they do it and they know that these statues of limitation is 15 years, they keep rotating. Mm. They keep rotating. This is so disgusting. Mm -hmm. Chanel and Gleason. It's not different. And she's from St. Louis, Missouri. Again, super Catholic families. They attend the Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. And when Anne was in high school, she met Sister Judy Fisher. It's called Immaculata School. Immaculate? Immaculate. I can say in Spanish, Immaculada. Anne was 13 the first time they had their encounter. And was Judy... She, was she drugged as well? No. And mm. Judy was 37 years old. It's nasty. I... I it's just nasty. It just think I'm nasty. Why? Just let people have a childhood, no man. Fuck, fuck, for real. Just wait. Have your relationships with adult people. Leave them alone. You don't, you never sit down and ask yourself. Just, uh, let me talk to the rapist, the pedophiles for a second. Let me talk to you. You don't ever sit down and ask yourself, what wrong with me that nobody in my age group want to fuck with me? You don't ask yourself that question. You don't think if the only people you can get to be interested in you is people who you have to trick, who don't even understand the nuances of a relationship. Yeah. You don't think that that means that something is wrong with you. Don't no. call this a relationship. It's not a fucking relationship. This is a predatory situation. Yes. And it is stink but and nasty. Stink and nasty. This family is committed to their, um, how do you call it when it's like, their community, their Catholic community, by the church, the yeah, church yeah, community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you're into these communities, you go for, um, in Spanish we say retiro. A when re you a, go a retreat. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So you go, <laughs> yes. you go, you go, and then you do your Bible things, and yes, then yes, you, yes, yeah. Right? But it's a, it's like a, a isolation, like a prayer isolation, but as a group, but it, as a group, mm -hmm. right? So Sister Judah invited Anne into this place. So the first time she was kind enough to let her sleep on a bed by a herself. Bed. Yes. The second time she invited her because you know you're so special that I need to have you here twice. She asked her if she wanted her to join beds and then after she asked her is it okay if i touch you nasty the father the mother the siblings were very close to this church so sister judith became a person of trust for the family. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it normal for them to have this piece of shit asking the kid to come over and sleep and you know so they started a relationship in Anne's mind. This sister went on to give her gifts. Well, it's just like the drugs and the alcohol from the last one. But this one was letters, Chanel. Oh, so we have receipts. Proof. And this woman was so smart. And this is the, the thing. She didn't know she was being smart. Because again, she realized... Later on. Later on. They had a relationship. You know that famous box of boyfriend stuff? The box, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she had everything. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that happened to work for her trying to do her case. One day, Anne's mom 
is cleaning and she founds under Anne's bed a calendar. The calendar will have Judy and I kiss. <gasps> Judy and I had a fight. Judy gave me a card. Judy gave me my necklace. Judy and I had sex. And she was very specific. Mm. When I'm telling you this woman documented everything, she documented everything. Well, that's because she, she thought she was know. in love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, she want to hold on to the memories. Mom confronts Anne mm-hmm. and says, yes. Huh? That's reason because she's in love. She's defending. <laughs> she's defending the love of her life. Me, I would have punched Remember. this woman in her face. All her teeth would be gone. So the father went on to report the sister Judith. Good. You know what the priest says? Please don't bring light to this because I don't want shame to fall under Your our family. church. Or in the church. Mm. Yes. So what about the girl? Dad decided not to say anything. Wow. Mom and dad is trying to get Anne away from Judith. Mm-hmm. But Anne is defending the love of her life. It's hard for me to judge the parent. They're trying to keep Anne away from Judith. And Anne is like a teenager looking yep. for love. Whilst going to therapy, the therapist was trying to call this what it was. For closure's sake. For closure's sake. Mm-hmm. And that's when our quote comes in. A rose is a rose. A pedophile is a pedophile. She just wanted Anne to be able to call it what it was. Yes. Mm. Again, these are women and they're 60 now. Well, the, the nuns are in the 60s. Or no, the, no, no. The, the, victims. the victims are oh. in the, on the 60s are the nuns now. Still alive? Uh, that's this, this one. This one is dead. Because in 2004, of course, when Anne took the cats to say, This is what happened. Uh, this mm-hmm. is what happened. I'm going to report you. Like, I'm doing it. They settle. Closed oh, door. Shit. They settle. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I don't care about your fucking money. I do not care about your money. I want my closure. I want my closure. Fucking sister Judith sent her a letter apologizing. And before they hit the court, before they hit the settlement, motherfucking die. What she died for? I don't really care. I'm glad she's dead. That's fair. But this is a fascinating story. There are more and more coming up. I also found a, a link of these nuns coming through saying the abuse they endure whilst they're becoming a nun. By other nuns? Dang. You know, you never think of the nuns Maybe. being in a ship. The nuns have a free will because you never see it coming. Yeah. And they're doing damage left and right. Jesus. I mean, certainly not all nuns, for sure. But not the same. Not all priests. Not, not everybody. All, not all police. Yes, yes, whatever, yes, yes. Yes, yeah. But the one they're doing it. They're it's, it's, nasty. Yes. So people are now coming out yes. to say. Yes. But it's too late now. That's what these lodgers are trying to do to widen the statute of limitation. limitation. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So people can get their justice. So people can get their justice. So in the other case, the other one, the nun's not dead. She went to another city. Mm, Another province. And Mm -hmm. she's no longer a principal. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. 
that psychologists said that they try to get you early in your teens mm -hmm. because you're more likely to become more conscious of how wrong it is when you're you get. getting when you're getting into the 20th yeah i myself fall into the statutory, statutory. rate category sadly <laughs> my first boyfriend mm -hmm. and i started when i was 14 and a half years old and he was 23 years old. very likable man loud funny mm -hmm. love to dance social social mm -hmm. extremely social i can tell you right now that i didn't feel push like it's not forced to do anything that i didn't want but now i realize that i was being pushed just not upfront push yeah he made you feel like you wanted it yes yeah and you feel that you want it and you feel that some part of you it's it's taken from you mm -hmm. because while my friends were like deciding i don't know which movie to go see exactly you were thinking about relationship stuff and yeah mm -hmm. like i was dressing to look older do you feel like you missed some of your childhood here i think i'm coming into the realization of that and i think one of the things that makes me feel this way is the fact that emma is coming into that age mm -hmm. I can think, Chanel, of anybody getting so close to her at that age. If you talk to, to a part of my family, they will say, well, he loved you. He treat you well. He's a good man. Mm. Because he falls into the category of being likable. Mm. It might also be culture. Oh, he fit in with the family. Yes. And he's fun. He's you know? fun. So we will look the other way about that whole pesky age thing. That's a small thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because it's not right. And I did make the same mistake as Anne. My father never approved. And I confronted him. Like, you this is went the down love, swinging. You love him. my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I decided to not go for trips with him because I will stay with the love of my life. Like, I will look at him dead in the eye and be like, no. You know when you said, it's not right for a person this age not to date a person in his own, own age? age. Mm -hmm. Verbatim, what my dad said to me. Just think about this. Mm -hmm. Think about this. And I don't want to put anything on my family, but if this is fucking happening to any of your kids or anybody that you know, please be fucking vocal about it and don't come from the motherfucking kid yeah like i was not about to say in no don't go with the kid do you think they could have said no. anything to you to stop that relationship anything no chanel mm -hmm. but if you ask me today if emma god forbid gets into this i will take her to yukon what does that mean we don't speak the spanish but that's a city <laughs> in canada you know know your cities where you are oh, you con <laughs> Susanna you said it with this accent well <laughs> that's for the non-Canadians that's the north 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 that's like super you know north. yeah I will make a point of that yeah 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 and I know you can make a case of grown fucking adults having relationship successful relationships with older people with the Seta Jones Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, and the husband. Yeah, yeah. They were grown. Yes, but that's they were that's the whole point. Grown you can have peoples. You can have a huge age gap in your couple mm -hmm. or in 
the couple, you know, the man versus whether it's the guy who's older or it's the woman who's older. But the real issue there is the ability to provide informed consent. That's yes. what it is. So you are going into that situation with mm-hmm. your eyes wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People can still be secretive, and yeah, I'm saying informed consent, but I'm saying it with that, with that little, with that little extra knowledge that people can still lie. We know that, but you're at least old enough to understand that people are not are gonna lie. And yep. you're not walking in there with these with these blind, doe-eyed, oh, I trust everything that everything, you say. Everything, And I believe everything. You, you know, you have some miles on you because you've been through life yeah. a bit and, and you, you at you least grew- know more. Any position of power makes you a fucking rapist. I don't think it makes like you, you a rapist. You- Any position of power is tipping the scales for that person to feel unable to say no. And the inability to say no is where you have a problem because in all sexual encounters both partners should have the option to say no no and that's that's the real issue the first time we have sexual relationship i feel it was my choice i felt that oh i decided to say yes Mm-hmm. And for the records, it wasn't a 14. But I, I thought I got to choose when. No, bitch. You didn't. He knew all along. He was waiting for it. Was it three months, two years, five years? He was waiting for it. He knew he was going to get it. Of course. It's just a matter of time. That's it. That is it. You see, the thing is with this is with statutory rape, they're playing chess while you're playing checkers. Exactly. And that's the issue. Mm-hmm. So you're not seeing all the moves he's already made. No. Nope. Ten steps ahead of you. Ten. And you're, work, you're just yep. walking into his trap. I mean, it's unfortunate. It's not something you can erase. And now that you have Emma, and I'm not saying pose your life scars on her. No. But now that you have Emma, you're so aware now of that situation. Yes. You'll see it for what it is. Yeah. You use it as a platform like now yeah. to talk about it yeah. and to make sure that your daughter doesn't experience the same shit. Or anybody else. Or anybody else. I wish 40 years ago somebody else would have said this to parents and mm. anybody and be like watch out for this because this is wrong. So let us be that somebody that 10, 15 years from now, a parent goes like, oh shit, no, this is wrong. You know, we are just people who are people. We try in our best. We will get it wrong. We will misgender. We will yes. mispronounce. Yes. We will miss, miss whatever. We will but, do it. it but will I, can guarantee, I can guarantee you that we also check in. We do. We also think, oh shit, I didn't see it that way. And we allow ourselves to check in, to, to realize that, oh, this is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that what makes a difference between us and previous generations. Yeah, I guess so. Because they thought, this is the way we've done this it, is the way it and is, that's so how it's supposed it. to be doing, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Because I say so. Yeah, because I say so is such a fucking cop-out. Yes. It used to work on me when I was a child. No more. And you know what else is another thing I don't enjoy? That's just how I am. Shut the no, fuck No, 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 no. Don't, don't let me start. Don't let me start Shut the that. fuck no. up. I no. knew somebody. She's just like that. No. Listen, listen, I knew somebody. And no. No. This person will consistently have fallouts with people. Once again, I say no names because we don't have court money. Okay. <laughs> we don't have lawyer money over here. But, you know, if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> so no, we can get our lawyer money. We'll start saying all kind of fucking shit. All the names. <laughs> we hold we names. All the names. <laughs> 
It's all about the money, money, money. But till we get that sponsorship, we go how to behave, right? So I ain't gonna say no names, but I knew somebody, and let me tell you something. She used to fall out with everybody, everybody. And it was always this dramatic fallout, lots of crying, lots of drama. And I was like, if this is constantly happening with many people, don't you think you should check in with yourself? Don't you think you might be part of the issue? And I felt later on in life that that was unfair of me. At the end of the day, if she doesn't fit in with me, I remove myself from the situation. So as I got older, I was like, you know what? You and I, we could have a relationship Mm -hmm. because I know to step away and not have this kind of relationship with you. But with that said, every time she would fall out with somebody it would be tears that's just the way i am my brain just used to want to explode we'll be like you and you alone are responsible for how you respond to what people say to you what you do in a situation unless you're being forced Mm -hmm. and if it is that you are doing something that is hurtful and upsetting to somebody you might not be in the wrong but take a second to think about it. Don't just be like, wah, wah, wah. That's just how I am. Maybe she's a narcissist. You're a genius. You're a genius. So the podcast has done wonders for Susanna's English. Yes. <laughs> and my one man. And my Spanish. <laughs> but mostly I just know curse words. <laughs> I don't learn any real Spanish words from Yeah, Susanna. you know pollo arepa. <laughs> I knew pollo and arepa from before. And arepa? Arepa is not even a translated word. It's just arepa. Pollo is chicken. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what the fuck do you want to learn? I knew what arepa was. What else do you want to learn? Words, like real words. I teach well, you, you know words, tambien? Which is like two, which is also. Uh-huh. I do know tambien. There you go. That is true. Anyway, anyway, the point is, is you know, stop touching children. Stop being nasty. Yes. Protect the indigenous and the underrepresented. And don't be a dick. This is it. Take us out, Susanna. Take us out. <laughs> Shit. My God. <laughs> this is such heavy. We know nothing. So please go to the sources link at our Instagram at Criminally Clueless or on our website at criminallyclueless.com to get the ROT. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave us a like or a review so we can dominate those ratings. Hey, we might be clueless, but that's not a crime. And we're not dicks. See ya. Bye.